Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the podcast from P-Town. Tonight we're going to be going over the next two Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. First, we can go over some news that I saw this week. Supposedly, or I guess not supposedly, in his own words, uh, Hunter Biden came out in a memoir and spoke that he, shortly after his brother died, he started sleeping with his widow. So, that's interesting. I also saw something that uh, Coca-Cola, hopefully everybody is still boycotting them, but supposedly they uh, are against the voter or the law that they're trying to pass in Georgia to require ID for voter registration. They're opposing that law, but yet they're requiring people to show passports or photo ID to attend their annual meeting for their shareholders. So it's a little bit of a hypocrisy on that one but other than that that's your happy news for the week i guess so we're going to start this one off talking about the statue of zeus at olympia and i'm pretty sure that everybody knows who zeus was and that he was basically the king of the gods but there is so the statue of him it was created in 435 bc and it was created by a greek sculptor named phidias and the entire statue it was tw- or it was 41 feet tall. So it was commissioned by a group of people called the Elians, and they're basically a district of ancient Greece. They had all their different areas and whatnot broken up into districts. And they wanted something to outdo their rivals, which were the Athenians, and Phineas had previously built a sculpture for them as well. So then they saw the sculpture they did for the Athenians, and they had him come do one for them to outdo them, I guess. But these guys, they had a new temple built for Zeus, and so they needed a statue to go in it. And although this thing has been documented, the only visual evidence that they have from this actual statue are coins that were found that had the sculpture carved on them. And some of the documentation, there was a guy in the 2nd century by the name of Posanius. He wrote a detailed description of the statue, and he said the statue was crowned with a sculpted wreath of olive sprays and wore a gilded robe made from glass and carved with animals and lilies. And then its right hand it held a small chryselephantine statue of crowned Nike, who Nike was the goddess of victory and expensive shoes. And then in its left hand, it had a scepter inlaid with a bunch of different types of metals, and it had an eagle on it. And then the throne, it also featured painted figures and wrought images, and it was decorated with gold and different precious stones, ebony and ivory. So they really went all out for this statue that they had built. And then Zeus's golden sandals, they were on a footstool, and the footstool was decorated with what's called an Amazonomachy in in relief. And relief is basically the metal is inlaid behind what they're wanting to show the picture of, if you can picture that. But Amazonomachy, it was a mythical battle between the ancient Greeks and the Amazons. And the Amazons were featured quite a bit in mythical greek literature and in their culture and stuff and it was basically a nation of female warriors and i haven't studied greek stuff much since i was in high school but those greeks they were really into different gods too i think they did a lot of it to explain 
why things were the way they were or how things worked. And they had gods for everything. And they had, they'd built up these mythical stories of how the gods had wars and battles with one another and whatnot. It's actually kind of interesting how well their imaginations were. But the statue, getting back to the statue, they also kept the statue coated with olive oil to protect it from the environment. And Phidias, he said that the inspiration for the statue, he got the inspiration from Homer's poem called the Iliad. The, there's the Iliad and the Odyssey, and I think they're both still required reading in high school. So with this statue, you may wonder what happened to it. There was a Roman emperor at the time named Caligula, and he said that such statues of the gods, they had a lot of different districts and whatnot throughout Greece had built these statues. And he said that all of them should be brought from Greece in order to remove their heads and have his own head put on in their place. So they would have a bunch of statues removed from Greece and everywhere back to the Roman Empire and have a sculpting of his head put on top of these statues. But before this statue could be moved, the emperor ended up being killed in 41 AD. And they say that his death was foretold to them by the statue. And then not much happened with it. In 391 AD, another Roman emperor said that participating in pagan cults was no longer allowed. And so the all these temples of the other gods and stuff ended up being closed down. So this thing just kind of sat around for quite a while and pretty much fell into disuse. And then another historian, I didn't catch his name, stated that the statue was hauled off to Constantinople and it was destroyed in a fire in 475 AD. Although they haven't, they couldn't find the remains of the statue and whatnot in Constantinople, but archaeologists, they actually found Phidias's workshop close to where the statue was originally created. And it had to have been close because they wouldn't be able to move that thing. The size and the weight of that statue, they wouldn't be able to move that. But they did find... Uh, things that they have claimed were Phidias's workshop where he'd actually built the statue at. And that's kind of all we have on the statue of Zeus. So now we're going to move on to the mausoleum at Holocarnassus. And this thing was built in 353 and 350 BC. And it was a tomb that was built in modern day, the area is called Bodrum, Turkey. And it was built for a guy named Mausolus and his sister wife, Artemisia II of Korea. And if you caught that, I did say sister wife. And evidently, this uh, was a real wife because they had children together. So the building was designed by two Greek architects named Satyros and Pythias of Priene. And the rulers back in the ancient days, if you haven't caught on by now, a lot of the rulers back in those days, they must have been pretty horrible narcissists because, you know, kind of like all the... the what we talk, just talked about of Caligula wanting the statues have their heads removed and have his put on and whatnot. So it's said that uh, Mausolus, he started designing this elaborate tomb actually before his death, and then his sister wife continued building it after his death. Now, the area that they were building this thing uh, called Halicarnassus, it became the capital city for Korea, or Korea, not the Kim Jong-un Korea, the other one. But I can see investing a lot of money into an area if it's going to be the capital. So they go in and renovate the buildings and whatnot and make it clean and make it kind of an area that stands out because it is their capital. But of all of the buildings, the tomb where the dead people are is the one that becomes a wonder. So there's that. 
but anyhow, Artemisia, she spared no expense as she continued the work on this, and she had messengers go to Greece to find sculptors and artists to come work on the tomb. And one of the guys that she got to come was the guy who, he supervised the building of the Temple of Artemis, one of the other wonders that we spoke about. And this guy, he must have been quite, his name's on two of the wonders of the ancient world. Along with him, there were hundreds of other craftsmen and sculptors and whatnot that came to work on this, uh, on this mausoleum. So the mausoleum, it was built on a hill overlooking the city, and the whole structure was in an enclosed courtyard, and I, I kind of, when I picture it, I kind of assume it was kind of like the temples in Israel, where they had the outer courtyard, and then the temple was placed inside that. But in the center of this courtyard was a stone platform, and that's where the tomb sat at. And there was a stairway leading up to this, and uh, the stairway going up, it was flanked by stone lions on either side of it. And then on the outer walls of this were the statues of different gods and goddesses all standing around it. And then in each of the corners, there were stone statues of warriors on horseback that they say guarded the tomb. Then in the center of the platform was the tomb, and it rose to one-third of the mausoleum's full height. So the bottom third of this was the actual mausoleum, and the whole full height of the thing was 148 feet. And the tomb was a marble square and the sides of it were relief sculptures, which we talked about that in the previous one, if you were paying attention. They showed action scenes. And then on the top of this section were 36 columns that rose another third of the height. And there were 10 columns on each side with four corner, or with the four corners actually sharing a column. That's how we got to the 36. And then in between each of the columns was another stone statue. And then behind the columns was another block that it held the roof up. Now, the roof on this thing, it was the final third of the height, and it was a pyramid-shaped roof, and at the peak of it was a stone quadriga, and this was a chariot or cart back in those days that was pulled by four horses, and in the cart were Mausolus and Artemisia. It's not known how the mausoleum was actually destroyed. There was a 12th century writer that was doing a commentary on Homer's Iliad again, and in his commentary, he states that it was and is a wonder. And so this made a lot of people believe that it was actually still dirt standing when he wrote this commentary on it. And then another writer concluded that it must have been destroyed between that 12th century writing and 1402. Because in 1402, the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem showed up and there were... There they recorded that the mausoleum was actually in ruins. They had written writings of this. But the local Greeks and Turks in the area had no names or legends to account for the ruins. And so that suggests that it could have been an earlier period. The people that were living there when these knights moved in, they didn't really have any stories or legends about all the ruins that they found in those areas. So the cause of destruction, although they don't, nobody really knows, they say the cause of destruction was most likely thought to be an earthquake because they guess looking back geologically or something, they could uh, tell that there were earthquakes in the area around that time. And back in those days, the guys weren't really thinking about building their buildings earthquake proof, I guess. So with the ruins, though, many of the stones that the knights found, they were used to fortify their castle at Bodrum. And they also found 
a lot of those reliefs that we had talked about, they used those to decorate the castle that they built over there in Bodrum. And this building, it actually wasn't named a wonder because of its size. I mean, granted, it was a really big building, but the size wasn't uh, why people voted on it being listed as a wonder. It was because of the beauty of its design and how it was decorated with all these different sculptures. And like I said, that sister wife, she brought in people from all over the place to help work on this thing. And they really must have done quite a good job. But now the only parts left of the mausoleum are some of the foundations of some of the statues. They did actually find some of those in that area. But it said that the building, this was one of the longest standing, obvious, besides the Great Pyramid of Giza, obviously, which is still standing. They said that this one stood for about 16 centuries. So it had a pretty long run. You'll see uh, some of the next ones that I end up covering. They didn't have a very good run at all, but they were still wonders. So anyhow, that's pretty much all I've got for this week. It was kind of a shorter one, but like I've been saying, I hope you guys find these ones kind of interesting. There's uh, been kind of fun to research and whatnot. So go ahead and uh, follow us on Podcast from P-Town on Facebook, or go out and uh, follow me on P-Town Podcast on Instagram. Or send me an email at ptownpodcast74 at gmail.com. And uh, continue to share this out on your pages and whatnot. Hopefully we can crest that 1,000 mark on the listens. I know this isn't a Joe Rogan or one of those podcasts, but every listen helps. So we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks a lot.